Hi, this is Saujanya here from Attitude Makeover. Today we just uh, finished a recording with Sunny Mogra, who is the founder CEO of Address Advisors, which is into the real estate market in India. We talked about an entrepreneur's journey, right from really identifying your purpose to the pros and cons of mentoring to the fuck off fund to really onboarding and building a culture within your organization to the future of real estate as well. I learned a lot from this session, whether it's around um, setting up an, uh, a company of your own, the entrepreneur's journey, a whole lot of things. I hope you enjoy the show as much as I did. And if you did like it, please do share um, and subscribe to my channel. This is my conversation with Sunny Mogra. Good morning, Sunny. Thank you so much for coming. I'm super excited. Good morning, Sao. It's congratulations on your first podcast. Thank you, thank you. Thank God you. bless. It's a brilliant day to start. <laughs> what a beautiful day, no? Ganesh Chaturthi and here we are. So thank you so much. It is, it is. So good to start? Let's roll. All right. So let's start off with who is Sunny? What's your upbringing? What's at the core of who Sunny is? So, uh, it's a question that's never been posed to me and you never told me you're going to ask me this. <laughs> surprise, okay, surprise. That's nice. That's good to have surprises. So, I'm more of a heart person. My friends call me more of a heart person than a mind person. I've always driven my life through my heart. I'm a person who believes in uh, care first, empathy first, and then about profits or then about, you know, what needs to happen next. So... That's that's the more core of me, and uh, that's been my upbringing. Hmm. You know, so I I have two older sisters. Uh, who so you're the youngest. I was the youngest. Pampered. Oh, they pampered me. <laughs> they were more like mothers to me, huh. and uh, it it I've had a very beautiful childhood with them. Nice. And uh, after they got married, missed them a lot. Yeah. So yes, uh, it's been a brilliant ride, and uh, started with address advisors. Hmm as my firm and it's been five years that I've been going at it and we're into real estate space. How did you figure what is your purpose? I mean, did it did it strike you very early on or like, you know, did it sort of come in eventually or were there snippets of it growing up that just became more and more clear as you went through phases of life? As you went through phases of your life, I'm sure that's happened with you as well. Uh, you meet mentors, mm. you meet stalwarts of the industry who teach you, mm. who, who show you the brilliant aspects of life, how much you can give back you know, to each person, to mm. each business unit, to the core essence of what you believe in. Mm. So it, the idea was more for that, mm. that you know, whatever I have learned through my journey, and if I can make an impact on even a single person, mm. even a single division, even a single you know company, uh, I wanted to do that. Mm. That was my first core essence of starting Address Advisors. We wanted to create an ecosystem where the word real estate is no more a taboo in India. Mm. It's uh, it's no more looked down on. It's mm. it is to be respected mm. because we only had international firms coming in and bringing in that value. Mm. So we wanted to change that ecosystem. Mm. So we wanted people to know that real estate is is something that people should respect with. Mm. People should know that it carries a lot of knowledge. Mm. 
otherwise in india cricket and real estate everyone knows mm. so everyone can talk about it mm. everyone can teach sachin tendulkar why that shot was wrong or how he could have bettered it or how virat kohli could change his career but mm. uh, that's not the fact they they've gone through a lot of training they've gone through a lot of hard work and uh, that's where where they are today yeah often times you sort of forget the journey that you've gone through and you only see the success Yes. And that's the story that's normally told. Uh, that's right. The journey is lost in that whole process. So so true, so true. So schooling in Bangalore? Schooling in Bangalore, college in Bangalore, post graduation in Australia. Australia. Okay. Post graduation what you did engineering, what what were your lines like? I did an international business and international marketing. Okay. So I was always a marketing person. I was always a person who loved to talk to people. Mm. So what you're doing right now, I love that. <laughs> and uh, yes so love to talk to people love to hear them love to hear from them learn from them so everything teaches you in life right absolutely so that's more me so is your family background from a business background or where did business start coming into your blood my dad's still working mm. he's 65 he's a workaholic wow so i got little bit from my dad little bit from my mom mm. i got the discipline i got the workaholic nature from him mm. my mom was a businesswoman mm. and she started business in bangalore when uh, there were nothing no women that were working in bangalore mm. from a business perspective mm. there were still women who were working you know as a professional career this mm. is about 25 28 years in bangalore so you have to look at 83 85 mm. 1983 85 and she started her business here and she did very well mm. and she was very hard working she used to manage the business she used to manage the house mm. she used to manage the three kids mm. and uh, we really looked up to her mm. and my dad still being a person who wakes up at 4 o'clock does his chores then at 8 every day morning he's out of off- he's out for the office wow wow so actually i believe that i grew up in a working parent single parent household right i feel there's this innate capabilities kids from a working background come with which is like you know independence discipline knowing what they want uh, sort of having that sort of mentoring early on at home itself is that something you faced and experienced as well yes so you learn you know when you see your parents you know when you see them what they're doing is right so most of your schooling happens at home it doesn't happen at school so true so true so it it does happen there yeah. and what you see is what you try and you know say that you know if they can do that mm. and if they've done that through so much mm. uh, you know where there was no technology there mm. was no awareness there was no exposure that they had mm. but still they were so brilliant right mm. uh, you respect them for their brilliance in in the way they thought mm. it's just that probably technology didn't help them to get this exposure mm. otherwise they are the stalwarts that i i you know i've always looked up to them and i've learned from them yeah not only you know my parents some of my closest friends parents mm. and the way ma- some of them were single born mm. uh, you know and single parents and the way they were taking care of them and the way they ha- they handled the whole situation it was so brilliant yeah yeah i've known you for what 5 5 years yeah. now uh poker uh, i've known sunny because we play poker together you're a very observant person is that something that came way back itself actually poker taught me that oh is it yes uh, observance from you know how you react on the table or you react to a conversation mm. 
is what poker taught me observant of what you speak mm. and what you you're trying to convey mm. i think that's marketing that taught me that interesting yes that's so uh, when i started my career with uh, i started my career with kpmg mm. uh, my mentor that time or you know most of them their mentor today uh, romal shetty mm. he is the current president for uh, uh, deloitte mm. he was a people's person mm. so he always said you know and i remember few of his teachings he always said that whatever you know you're talking to any other person try and recollect try and play that in your mind mm. try and see what you can pick on that mm. try and see what you can take a learning out of it yeah and that would be bigger than a couple of books that you'd probably spend reading in a month yeah and so you know that exposure will be much higher like don't it's not that you don't should, you shouldn't read books yeah. read books yeah. because that's a different learning yeah but you know it's not this or that it's yeah. this and that yeah yeah and and you talked about kpmg and late, earlier when we were talking you were in kushman for a few years like for 5 years from a consulting background what are things that you still leverage from a consulting background let me just step back and see why i'm asking this often times when people come from a consulting background there's a lot of structure you come with there's a lot around holistic perspective like you know you folks from a consulting background really understand the business that they're working in who are their customers um what really matters as a priority for those customers the excellent storytellers of course um, there's another side which is more a ppt based execution is another story what are some things you picked up from the consulting background as even today you still carry it forward and use it extensively so whenever you're working with big corporates or you've worked with them as well uh, they teach you more process they mm. teach you more uh, more structure mm. but like i said they don't teach you empathy they don't teach you client focus mm. they don't try they don't train you on those aspects mm. they don't try and bring out an entrepreneur in each person oh, yeah. so yeah. my goal when we started the firm was we bring these things out mm. we die for our clients mm. you know they should feel that this person is trying to you know handle this part of our business it's like their own mm. once you have that once you have that gut to do it for any client and the client believes in that mm. you you just want the client for life and mm. you go ahead with that mm. corporates do train you in a particular manner mm. that becomes a part of your subconscious mind mm. but consciously what you need to do how you need to deliver that how you need to create a bigger impact mm. is what you need to you know figure merge the both and yeah. try and figure that out yeah. So can I sort of say customer centricity as well as process is something there are big takeaways that you've got from your foundational years? Yes. So foundation years everyone all all your mentors try and teach you that mm. because when you're right of the, out of the college you, you're in a dream world. Mm. At least at that era we mm. were. Mm. you know now the era is completely changed mm. when you sit across to interview the newbies uh, you know you have to be more ready or you have to speak more of their language to understand yeah. you know what they want in their career yeah. it's not the other way around yeah. uh, erstwhile i'm sure it happened with you erstwhile it was more that you know hey you know what i can take from this brand or how this brand can add value to yeah. me 
it's no more that. Yeah, it's yeah. no more about the brand adding value. It's each person that comes into your space and you know how he can increase that brand value of his own. Mm, mm. It's it's changed and mm. it will change. It will mm. change at a faster pace in India. Makes sense actually, and it's so true as well because I think working with millennials these days, it's out there that you know they don't just come for the money. It's about they're very clear on what I bring to the table. and is that what would your offering is that really making sense for me and it's not the money so let me ask you one tricky question here money profit or customer experience customer experience first, first. definitely explain why why i i have my understanding on this but i want to know so again uh, the core essence you know if the experience of the customer has not been beautiful if the mm. customer if i have if i am a customer mm. and if i have not enjoyed the journey along with you so it's never a one way journey right it's always a two way journey and once you realize that it's a two way journey you know you would realize the value mm. that you're trying to bring in mm. and once the values are set mm. and you define that mm. the company goes in a long way mm. you know the whole experience and the whole whole journey of the client and your firm you know it it evolves more better mm. but today it's about valuation mm. but we've always said bring the value to the table valuation will always get created mm. Mm. i think many companies are slowly realizing that especially post covid that you know it's the customer experience it's your employee experience which are first priority because once you've established that the rest of it sort of picks up Uh, but this is something you imbibed on very early on when you started uh, address advisors that's right that was the foundation for it so when you are an entrepreneur you know most of the entrepreneurs will say that you know we had you know we knew where we were going to lead or what we going to do or how we going to do mm. i don't believe that's truth yeah uh, i yeah, totally believe that entrepreneurship is like nurturing your kid yeah you know it's it's when you give so much to your child the child reacts in a different manner so markets react to you in a different ma- manner yeah. your you know people that you work with re- react to you in a different manner and everything and mm. that teaches you or that reshapes your journey true and um, that's how you get keep evolving with that true and but yes there are a few core essences of the entire journey that you realize that this is something that you do not want to shake from mm. and this is what you've started building it for mm-hmm. and if you believe in that and if you keep at it i think the overall journey you know the ride becomes very nice mm-hmm. i'm going to switch gear sunny uh, the real estate market i was just looking at some of the reports and we were talking about it before the uh, session as well um there is definitely i mean india as a country we've when it comes to savings we've got two models that we go after gold and real estate so i think from a perspective from that perspective we are like you know this industry is like a set you don't have to sell to a customer that come come invest in this you've got ready customers but having said that what i saw is that there's an increase in um residency demand there's an increase in commercial demand there's an increase in warehouse demand at the same time the investment or the vc investments as well as the investments from outside as well as in india is sort of diminishing and you were talking about how there was a supply surplus that we created and then now it's sort of thinning down talk to me a little more about this what's really happening there 
for the population that we have okay uh, erstwhile there, there were a lot of investors that were coming into india mm. you know a lot of funds that were coming into india they they wanted to go on to the journey of uh, india 2020 or india 2030 but overall the whole scenario in last 5 years uh, it started with flipkart's journey mm. you know they they started changing the whole uh, dynamics of indian real estate where people today are no more looking at only the ibms cognizance or enforces you know as their uh, job models mm. like we discussed mm. it's changed mm. so the whole dynamic of real estate changed overall mm. so it started way back 10 years back mm. and it will keep evolving you mm. have rera that has come in mm. real estate regulations act True. which has given a lot of confidence to buyers mm. uh, in all the aspects that you know the government is there behind you so india is developing structurally developing so the investors have not come down mm. it's only become more structured the mm. approach has become more structured so we've never seen real estate becoming more structurally known like first while when your parents or my parents bought properties you know okay this uncle bought it okay you know it looks like a safe investment because he's a smart buyer let's so buy it with him, him. let's yeah. follow him it was more of that mm. it was not more of reports it, it was not more of knowledge why that market would increase or what is it causing it to increase mm. like today when you are investing mm. in mutual funds or when you're investing in stocks there's a lot of greed that we go behind right similarly with real estate that has happened mm. so india is being red mm. and it's being red right mm. and from that perspective the investments are definitely coming so a lot of investment the government today is doing is on the infrastructure development mm. if you consider bangalore today with the whole metro which you know the new phase that they launched which never will end <laughs> i hope it will <laughs> because uh, there are a lot of lives riding to it it's not the real estate or it's not the matter right, of money right. there are a lot of lives riding to it from the perspective that there is a whole strength of say about about a 40 or 50000 employees that will try and access that road over a period of next one and a half years yeah and uh, the good part is that the bank that has funded this entire project they've put riders onto it mm. so putting those riders onto it they want this project to be completed within the timeline so infrastructurally if the government becomes a little more fine tuned mm. you know we would have a better and more developed nation mm. from a perspective of real estate if mm. you see that mm. Mm. so most of the developers in south india they started creating a community mm. like today if you go to south bangalore you would find schools hospitals shopping malls so the accessibility each location became very self sufficient mm. the reason they had to make it self sufficient because the market just kept expanding overnight true, true. the number of companies that they wanted to companies that they wanted in india to come were phenomenal mm. and again with this whole covid fiasco where china is losing out on manufacturing india is gaining yeah Yeah. India is gaining from that and India is gaining from its own self entrepreneurs. Yeah. Today Tamil Nadu has had close to about 20,000 crore of investments only on EV products. Yeah. That talks. Yeah. You know yeah. and uh, we're proud of it. Yeah, it's just reading this morning that SaaS is something that is an opportunity in India which means that you know you bet on the unicorns way before unicorns are big. Uh I think that again goes back to your poker skills of betting. <laughs> no, uh, I don't bet on you know people like 
you know in poker you play the player here you play the business yeah yeah if if you see the passion in them that they're going to deliver it and you see the passion in the product mm. that's what will define it mm. you know the scalability will define it mm. the intent will define it mm. Mm. that's that's the differentiator so i've sat for a few of these vcs and uh, you know sat for a few of these places where they try and differentiate of which one to invest what not to invest because right now there's so many companies that are coming out mm, mm. and so everyone wants to be an entrepreneur mm. it's a good phase to be in but yeah this is the time to be an entrepreneur in india totally agree with you yeah but people should have the right vision to it yeah yeah you know so that's the only differentiator so if i step back to our conversation your early years and your early years in your career as well there's a lot of structure that came in the value system as a foundation was right there and then consulting gave you more around the process and the marketing aspects and you know storytelling and really understanding the holistic i think somewhere you also mentioned research was an integral part which is where the you know i i, I the betting on the unicorn was not just sunny just deciding one day i'm going to bet on a unicorn there's a data driven model to how you went about betting on unicorns um you mentioned that you then took a break at that time and i asked you financially how were you doing tell me a little more about that that was very interesting for me how you took a break um just when you had jay um and then came back to set up your company how did that happen so overnight you just decided okay kushman i'm done with this now and then you know how did you go about so over a period of 3 years i kept telling my dad that i wanted to be an entrepreneur mm. i wanted to start on my own mm. every time i went to my dad and i told him you know okay i'm going to quit and mm. i'm going to start he said just just work for 3 months just work for 6 more months But something about parents i hear this at home with my mom even now like you know why why are you quitting yeah yeah So my dad did that in 2013 14 and 15 finally I you know I said if I'm going to ask him again mm. then he's going to tell me just work for a few more months mm. so I put down my papers and I went to him I said I've put down my papers <laughs> and he gave me like now nah, what can I do <laughs> <laughs> so yes I I worked about 18 hours a day mm. so my philosophy of work is when you work 9 to 6 mm. you put in some more hours after that mm. you give yourself a time you give to understand how the business needs to shape up so when mm. i mean businesses when you're working with a firm as well right you treat that as a business unit yeah you would understand that business so closely and so nicely that you work for yourself after that mm. so at 9 to 6 i work for the company after 6 i work for myself on that same business true So I used to do that a lot and uh, there was there was a good colleague of mine that who understood this this magic or this trick of mine and he used to stay up way late with me mm. and he's transformed as well so I used to do that and I was so overworked I mm. just didn't want to jump mm. I spoke to my wife I said uh, I need a break mm. I traveled I traveled for 5 6 months mm. I went to different parts of the world mm. I had a toddler but uh, kept him saw him grow in the you know videos and pictures but yes uh, it was a good experience because it gave me a lot of time to me mm. uh, that's something that i think in the whole system that probably the era before we mm. missed that mm. Mm. nowadays people want to give themselves some time yeah. they want their me time yeah and that me time was not a word that was there about 10 years back or 6 years back yeah but i gave that that helped me a lot yeah. uh, 
I was not in the best of financial situations when I did that. It's not from the fa- family financial situations, but it was more that, you know, always I've been independent. Mm. I've been independent from the age of 16. Mm. Uh, at the age of 16, I think I stopped taking pocket money or any reliability from my parents. Yeah. 13 uh, for me, I used to do tuitions yeah. to make some money to buy jeans and clothes and all that stuff. Yeah, I can relate to this so much. So it was really awkward when I had my kid and... You know, if I had to ask money from my dad yeah. after so many years, yeah. uh, it was uh, it was very different. I couldn't do that. And but yes, when I had thought of it, I, I you know my wife was my supporter, and I told her that this is this is it. Mm. That uh, you know you really need to shrink mm. on whatever the expenditure needs to be there. Just give me a couple of years of support. Mm. But those were tough two years. Mm. Mm. Tough first two years is always the toughest yeah and after that things changed it because of the hard work of the persistence Mm. you know in Mm. any business if you keep at it yeah Yeah. you know you keep remembering why you started your work with or why did you start this whole journey with and you're true to yourself with that anything yeah anything would work out so I want to double click on this me time part. I saw t- two things, right? First one is the me time. I strongly believe in the me time. So to your point, you need the creative side and you need time for the creative side to really see, okay, I've understood this. This is my day thing. What next? What's the path forward? Even when you're in a company like KPMG or Kushman, you were saying I had this time where are you uh, internalize look at it I think I want to understand what do you right now do is me time and do you do that every day do you sort of carve out some time what are your habits I do that on a daily basis how you meditate huh? don't uh, tell I me don't you meditate. don't look like a meditator <laughs> I've tried meditating but it doesn't work for me uh, uh, for some people it works beautifully but for me it doesn't work uh, yeah. for me my me time is I have a pen and I have my board and uh, I write and I, I, you know, think about what's happened during the day or during the week with me. How could I have made it better? You know, how I can improve the processes or how, you know, what's my journey going to be? Mm. So whenever any entrepreneur is developing a company, they always think about what company they need to develop. Mm. Right? They don't think of their role. They, mm. Their role, they become engrossed so much yeah. that they, the firm and them, they just become one. Yeah. But that's Should not, yeah. that's not how it should be. Yeah. That's my reading to it, mm. you know. So mm. I've always kept myself away from that. And I keep saying my role changes in the firm. Mm. You know, I need to change my role. So as long as you know you need to change your role, mm. that would only come when you, you know, spend time with yourself. You try and look at your company from a third person's perspective yeah. or from a consulting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my pre- premier years, right? Yeah. So I used to look at other businesses and tell them what they did right or what yeah. they did wrong. Yeah. And when I did that at the early years of my career, and I used to laugh when I used to go back home, right? Uh, I used to have this Yamaha, and I used to, so I used to sing a lot on my Yam. I, I'm a very bad singer, but I used to sing a lot. Mm. And I used to think about these things. Like mm. today, one of the MNC CEOs sat with me, mm. and I'm just a BCom graduate. Mm. He explained me the whole process, and I told him, you know, these are the mistakes you're making in your processes. Mm. And I was like, dude, he's been doing that for 20 years. Couldn't he look at it? Mm. Couldn't he see that this is what he needs to just make a minute change and he's paying me so many dollars per hour to just make that change. Mm. So 
that's something that probably they didn't think about it true. that they need to step back and think from a firm and individual perspective true. True. true so when you can do that you know there is something some more value that you can create to the whole ecosystem yeah, yeah. i i want to do a parallel over here in marketing and in sort of when you have a ceo mindset i think um you have this whole concept of swot right so i think what i'm also understanding is you had a clear understanding of what your strengths are and uh, what are the opportunities out there as well because that's the whole research and the internalization and then you could sort of strategically say this is where i'm going to pivot and not necessarily because you're detaching yourself from the uh, company that you're setting up you're also able to pivot repivot and thereby make these uh, small progresses is that reading accurate you need to do that yes you, you're bang on with that so with with the whole system of first analyzing yourself mm. you know and understanding your core strengths mm. that made me choose my co-founder mm. and me understanding what she brings on board mm. me understanding what what were my weaknesses and where she can double up to that mm. made me choose my co-founder initial days but and the beauty of that was that i was able to see that mm. Mm. if if you two of the same kind of people yeah it's a clash it's you're not you're not bringing anything new to the table true, right true and that's that's where the whole uh, journey becomes very monotonous and you don't have nothing new to share or yeah. you know you agree on the same ideas on every day basis it's yeah. it's it's very boring yeah yeah uh, mine is not a boring.com yeah. so that's so that's a new segue that you just opened up so what i know and understand is that um, having done two startups more on an interest basis than like you know being a startup startup I think it's very important to identify a partner and most of the startups fail almost 70% I read fail because you don't have the right partnership Bhavna Kotari has Bhavna Ketan Ketan sorry uh how did you go about where did you find her and how long has it been what are some complementary skills you all bring to the table how's that relationship and how's it evolved so they they always said never do businesses with friends okay. mm. so <laughs> bhavna and i were friends for last 20 years mm. and we worked in the same firm for like four and a half years mm. and when i was on to this journey and i said this is my journey that's going to be and i actually pitched it from a manner that i actually wanted her to quit mm. and i wanted her to be you know part of this entire ecosystem with me because i clearly knew because of the four and a half years that i was with her in that firm I knew what she brings to the table. Mm. I could easily say that she's the brain mm. and I am the more of the visionary mm. and we both are okay with that. Mm. So the conflict in uh, co-founders is the biggest reason I think people try and uh, try and you know do the other co-founders job. Yeah. So as long as you're doing yours yeah. and you respect the other persons. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you've made you know you've made a ecosystem which you believe for yourself and you believe for the firm then yeah yeah so i started with telling her what my entire vision is and mm. you know how it's going to go by with the same boring presentations uh, it every for everyone it starts that way right we it's just paper 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 uh, 
she was okay she said let's take a leap of faith mm. and uh, she was at a very senior position in kushmin mm. and uh, i i started you know when they say bootstrapped i was really bootstrapped mm. so uh, my first office was my car mm. okay uh, i used to carry lunch boxes mm. i used which to, you still do right yeah i used <laughs> to carry lunch boxes i used to park the car on the side mm. uh, i used to go under my boot mm. and enjoy my lunch mm. and on the first day of our firm i made bhavna do that so i had to bring her to ground level right she was 11 years with a international firm and she had never done that mm. she like sunny what are we doing mm. i like this is it mm. i don't have a garage mm. this is my garage mm. i like let's start from here mm. and we parked outside a bus stop ghar nahi tha kya no i started two firms earlier mm. uh, where i failed mm. and i used to work out of home mm. home and office is completely different distractions I, oh it's not distractions it's your own attention mm. home is comfortable home. yeah you so work from home yeah uh, the concept is coming now it's more we're forced to it right yeah but uh, given a choice 5 years back 8 years back when you want to get out yeah you know you wanted your home life to be different in your professional life to be different yeah yeah we were in a studio why why can't this be created at home yeah 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 the whole essence that that brings to it it's yeah. it's going to be different true true so goes back to the discipline isn't it 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 does yeah it, yeah. it does and uh, it brings it brings more seriousness into you absolutely. right absolutely and some not all homes are equipped mm. you know where they believe in that entrepreneur journey mm. initially all you know everyone that started their parents probably thought that you know let him give it a try ni hoga to job hai you know but it's uh, now that in today's era the parents actually say you know go ahead mm. you can do it mm. you know we are there behind you mm. but not every entrepreneur has heard that mm. So each has its own journey and I wanted I didn't want the home office. Yeah. I've never wanted that. So one of the things you talked about is this whole bootstrapping, right? I have this concept called the fuck off fun pardon the language, but the it's literally the fun that you show a middle finger to anything and say no this is it I want to do what I'm passionate about. And I think when we were talking you talked about how you created that from starting from ground zero you sort of built that fuck off fund and so when covid happened you were still fine so tell me how did you go about planning that so equity is more expensive than you know the money from the bank mm. okay uh, i am a hardcore finance person that you are i've seen that okay. in your <laughs> poker place <laughs> so when i say hardcore finance my dad wouldn't agree with that because i hate doing accounting <laughs> okay so i believe the revenue needs to be generated and then you can spend yeah okay if if you're accounting for every penny yeah uh, what you're trying to earn you're f- not focusing on the growth yeah so that's my funda it's it's a very that's uh, where the fuck off fun happens it's, yeah. it's a very st- stupid yeah uh, concept for most of them yeah but i believe in that yeah and like if i have to spend 100 bucks on something yeah. but i know i can make 1000 out of that yeah i'm okay to spend that i don't mind yeah but yes when we started i was very clear that uh, you know 
probably giving away equity mm. i wouldn't know whether the people that you know come and invest with me mm. whether they'll believe mm. you know that the whole value system needs to be created mm. you know we are trying to create the entrepreneurship in people mm. we are not just about profits mm. though we are very profitable mm. it's just not about profits profits get created correct you create the right ecosystem you get the right people let people take care of your business yeah and you profits will come mm. so initially year itself when the first hire was made you know bhavna and i decided that every person that we hire you know we want a years of their salary to be kept in the bank account mm. how early on did you decide that is was it first like month. a oh really that yeah. was the found yeah not many people do that right or have you seen that as a general norm out there no i don't think so anyone does that Yeah. Every like I said, everyone wants to create valuation. They want to hire more number of people. Then they create the value yeah. out of that. No, it doesn't. So it probably works in different fields. Mm. It probably works in the AI field. It works in you know different fields, but it doesn't work you know in every ecosystem. Mm. Mm. In real estate, you have to be profitable to grow. Mm. Okay, mm. if you want talent to be attracted, if you want to grow your firm, you have to be profitable. Mm. You can't show scale, and mm. you can't just show. you know how much you can turn into the revenue or to the profits after certain number of years mm. it doesn't work mm, mm. i i don't believe how that works very easily you know so there's large manufacturing company furniture manufacturing company you know i'm not naming them i sort of have an idea yeah. <laughs> the last valuation at which they raised the funds were about 800 crores and they got sold for 150 crores yeah i'm not going to be that company I rather invest one fifty and get sold out at eight hundred. Yeah. So, we started with that. So, with the COVID scenario as well, you know, we didn't bother. Mm. You know, so my people are my assets. I have a very beautiful team. Uh, they treat the business as their own, mm. and that's been the toughest part of being an entrepreneur, where you make them believe that it's their firm. Yeah. And it's just not from us saying it. We believe it's their firm. Yeah. You know. so when you make that happen and you keep the finance you know situations in a perfect model where your company can grow from any strength mm. you know that's that's good enough mm. so this is something i learned um sort of early on in my career working in hp culture is an important aspect so in hp the culture used to be that you know you're an asset we hired you for what you bring as strengths it's a very strength based organization and very few organizations have that culture where each one is in that team for a reason and you're going to complement each other and that's how we're going to create value for our customers and i think that's the ethos of your company that i'm seeing as well um so one of the things when we were talking you talked about how much time you spend on training and the gaps and challenges you had at that time and you know hiring and training people to really understand this segment and especially considering the foundation was customer centric foundation was uh, employee centric for you uh, how did you go about that training ramping and because that's like 6 months 5 to 6 months investment isn't it we never discussed about this i'm so surprised you brought this up <laughs> So I audited K- uh, from KPMG. I audited HP. Oh, you did. And I audited the HR department. Yeah. And uh, that's what I learned. Mm-hmm. 
So whatever you learn, if you bring the right things to the table, you bring the right culture to the table. I loved the culture which HP brought about. Yeah. And I audited them in 2004. Mm. And I audited eight units of HP businesses. That time HP had eight different business units. Mm. KPMG gave me that exposure mm. and uh, my mentor believed. You know, he's like, go at it. Mm. You know, you can do it. So those are the few aspects where I realized at very early stage that they believed that employee or the person or your colleague that is working with you is your strength mm. is that that is the asset yeah and internally in kpmg also uh, the mentors believe we were the assets yeah just it's not a laptops yeah so we brought that essence to the whole table mm. unfortunately in india uh, real estate training is very very different yeah they don't train people and but if you don't train people you will never get the right output so you got to invest in training and development until unless you train them and they deliver the whole system to you you know you're not doing justice to your customers mm. you're not doing justice to the whole value system that you wanted to create so that stopped at certain point in time mm. you know the whole industry somewhere mm. The so I'm not talking about you know because real estate is a large field. It's mm. you know it has construction, it has development, it has consulting. So I'm talking more from a consulting perspective. Mm. So that consulting approach, you know, you need to pick and identify. Mm. Though we are pretty small firm, mm. in all our reviews we always go back and talk. You know, mm. okay, who needs to be trained on which aspects. Mm. You know, what can we bring about? Mm. How can we, you know, change that whole method? Mm. So our training is not that whether you'll be able to deliver this bit at this position. No, I try and train people who, what they can deliver next. Mm. Mm. How You, you work can, on their strengths. I work on them to improve to the next level. Mm. So we have to do that. Mm. If you improve people, they'll, you know, improve the people yeah. below them. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the core essence of that. Mm. But in India, everyone is more scared whether if they leave, what will happen? Mm. If they leave, they will create something more beautiful outside. Mm. And until unless we start that journey, until unless a Flipkart started that journey, until unless Tata wanted to make his first car, Indian car, mm. you know, everyone laughed at him, right? But he did that. Yeah. He lost all his friends. Yeah. No one believed Indica would do what it did, but it did that. Yeah. So probably we'll, we'll start and we'll have more number of firms that go by. Yeah. So knowing you, there are two characteristics I sort of seen and I know you only from that poker table and you're a bloody aggressive poker player. But there are two things. One is I think you're a high risk taker. And the second thing I also think is you are um, a good reader of people. And I'd like to believe that. Right. And so and, and you do not just read, you also assess based on that where you are in that situation and then you play the person. So how do you apply some of this back to your work itself? No, no, that, that's poker table. So that's not work. <laughs> so poker is more fun. Yeah. So you yes, don't apply I, any of this to work. Risk, yes, mm. but not from the people perspective. Okay. Uh, not at all from the people perspective. Mm. But yes, I try and see, you know, if we match on the culture, we match on the values. Yeah. I uh, don't, so 
of late we've been interviewing okay we've interviewed 2000 more plus people because 2000 yes uh, last 6 months for everyone who says that uh, there is dearth of jobs i say there's dearth of talent yeah there's dearth of people who want to do something with their lives yeah so it's it's the opposite way for me mm. to finding the right talent itself is very tough yeah it is you know i said before it was it is not the dearth of jobs it's dearth of actually good talent that's there mm. people want to do different things but they tr- don't try and you know analyze what impact that can create that part of their work or the part of the whole journey of theirs what impact that that can create you know uh, within the firm of for themselves mm. some of them are so lost that they don't know whether you know that would actually have an impact or they would actually create something out of it uh, but most of them need that guidance but you try and hire people for what they can do mm. not for what they've done mm. if they've done they've done that they've you know it's been there mm. they have to look forward mm. that's something that's missing in you know the youth today mm. and it probably is not missing overall it's just that you know there's so many startups that are there and everyone is out there to ha- you know hire talent mm. if we can start changing that bit in our ecosystem or in the education system like your daughter mm-hmm. you know she's they so some of them are so clear in mm-hmm. their whole thought processes their I education i'm scared of that <laughs> but it's good right sojanya you get to know them yeah you yeah. know that's 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 very good and yeah. they're not uh, shy in you know telling their thoughts or their ideas yeah, very articulate yeah they yeah. are right? yeah. and that's brilliant yeah that's what probably we lacked right yeah. that whole education system in in the manner in which we need to speak we were always very shy and you know we kept our ideas to ourselves yeah, yeah. Uh, from a, from a perspective whether it you know somebody laugh at it or somebody would think small about us mm. but that's not how it's today's generation yeah. they're right there they're in your face yeah it's not the us culture yeah. it's the education system that needs to change we've never changed that yeah. everything in india has changed yeah. Yeah. You know, today with the edtechs that are coming in, but they're not bringing those changes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you need to have like financial literacy, entrepreneurship, um empathy. You know, some of these need to be taught in school. Like I really think these are foundational things whether you study history, I mean you need to study history, geography and math and all that. You need to understand that, but I think these are foundational for really being a good human being, I guess. Yes. So I I do that with my son. Yeah. So I get Sundays with him. So for him Sunday is just son's day. Huh. So now he's 7. So I do that on a every Sunday basis. You know, I I try and analyze what I want to teach him today. You know, that's something what you said, right? It's not there. When you know as a parent it's not there, but you want to give that to your child. Yeah. Okay. So I started with vitamin D, you know. So the kids like he leaves the table all round. He doesn't keep his table clean. you know he doesn't do things in the right manner so i tell him you have vitamin d deficiency <laughs> you need to have discipline so but they catch it so well yeah. uh, he came to my office uh, you know a couple of weeks later and my papers my papers were all over the my table right he's like dad you have vitamin d dis- uh, you know deficiency i like dude <laughs> <laughs> it comes back it comes back oh and they remember yeah. it at yeah. such a right point yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i like you come at the wrong time this is not me wrapping up this yeah. is me working yeah 
and uh, but yes so if you realize that as a parent yeah. and uh, you give that feedback to your you know school systems yeah. so I, i my wife never wants me to attend the ptms because i tell them about these things and they're she like you'll get him thrown out of the school <laughs> and like, but what's the whole point yeah you know if yeah. they don't hear a right review from a parent of what else they should teach yeah 2+2 he'll learn eventually yeah but if you change the whole model in which they need to be taught and you try doing it now is when you will create a overall change in the yeah, system yeah so true i want to go back to your earlier conversation what if is it right to call, think of you as an ideator more than execute more than a, as an executor you you would be a great executor but the true sunny would really enjoy it just reflecting back doing the research ideating on you know where next what's my next product what are some things i need to pull together is that a fair assessment very fair assessment i i love to do that i like the small smile you're giving <laughs> i'm asking you this question you read people well so <laughs> it's not that you do <laughs> <laughs> you have your experience right yeah. and uh, so i love doing that so i thrive in that space so i yes. can sort of recognize that uh, very quickly so from that perspective tell me how do you do that and what is the future that you are actually looking at because you're into um you started off in the um, commercial side you expanded to the residential side now you're into warehouse so you're sort of creating you know the journey map of your customer you're sort of creating a holistic tied in story and sort of looking at it as a platform itself um that needs someone to really understand the space not just understand the space also to look at the art of the possibility and then also identify how to go about uh so tell me how are you doing that is there a research team is there a technology team how are you going about so this is like phase 1 of my business mm. the phase 1 of my business is the business where i start creating the money towards it mm. the phase 2 of my business is where my technology will come in we 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 really need a lot of help in technology but we have we know from a business perspective of what we want mm. and how we can actually create an impact with technology in real estate mm. uh so there are a lot of people who are doing different things in real estate from technology perspective you know from construction side how how they're making things more simpler or from you know building management systems there have been some companies that have come in the from the whole consulting perspective but more from the experience perspective is what companies have not come about mm. you know customer experience from a consulting perspective and when we started that was the whole idea i said this is the phase 2 so i knew at phase 1 what my phase 2 was mm. So the phase two will evolve eventually with the whole tech team that's being formed. So we've been out there. We've been, you know, meeting a lot of people from tech front, and uh, we're trying to get a right partner to it, mm. who can help us build that with us. Mm. Uh, so Bhavna, me, we really lack in that. Uh, we got another friend of ours who joined our journey about three years back. He was twenty-five year old businessman. Mm. Okay, he's he's been doing business right from the age that I started working, mm. uh, his family business, and uh, so he is also not a tech guy. Mm. So we all are three business acumen people in different spheres of life, 
but tech is something that we are trying to solve for ourselves that's going to scale but we are not going to we are not going to say that we are going to innovate something mm. but we are going to make things simpler for people something that you know people would be genuinely happy having that in their mm. lives you know so it's not about always about innovation mm. everything shouldn't be innovated i think some things which are kept simple if i'd like to open my car door i'd like happiness in opening my car door don't give me don't give me a button where I, you make me lazy by just you know opening my car door to me so that's not me and that's not for everyone right but there are people who want that so we are not trying to innovate we are trying to just make things simple we're trying to make things more accessible in mm. real estate that's that's the whole idea that's going to be and in india you want people to believe that whatever the other person saying it's fair mm. whatever the other person saying you can believe in that mm. so that's going to be the more the idea got it and is research a big part of this whole work for you yes until unless you know what's behind or what's coming in future mm. you know you cannot solve your present very well mm. so you need to know both the aspects mm. so research is definitely a big big aspect and i love doing that so what you said is right so it helps me it keeps me grounded when i see keep seeing what's been behind and what's coming in front and what where am i truly at so mm. it helps me as a person and it helps me you know ideate with my whole business of how it can be taken in future got it and and let me double click on that aspect uh, so i as a learner a more an experience based learner so for me research comes talking to people first then reading about it and listening to podcasts and others and then sort of internalizing it and then having my own research what's research for you so uh, when i did my masters in australia mm. so as a student in australia a lot of people work in very different jobs i took up a job with a company the oldest research firm in australia which was called mcnair ingenuity mm. yeah so i wanted to learn how research is actually done mm. you know why why people invest in research mm. you know what is the essence of it yeah. what do companies make out of that you know and why is it necessary for them to do it mm. so in our own way of you know running the firm presently a lot of people actually a lot of people in my firm who work with me do not realize that there's a lot of research work that's going behind of why we are doing these things mm. so some people who are able to read that they are more closer to the business mm. but people who are not able to read that it's it's for them to understand mm. that this is happening because of the reason that's there behind it mm. so yes uh, research for me starts from a perspective of how you know my idea needs to work from you know from a written you know what's written on the wall of what my steps will be next so i don't start from straight from podcast or from you know looking at videos or reading books it's it starts from me to understand that you know have i been very uh, very you know complacent in my work mm. or you know am i not challenging myself enough mm. so it it starts from that perspective mm. it starts so that's that's where that my eagerness to keep growing happens mm. and then i follow the same mm. you know to read to you know see interviews to hear people speak and to see what people you know how they're thriving on different aspects of their businesses true so early on when we started you talked about mentors and i for me mentors sponsors have been an integral part of my journey growing up because 
there's a huge part of learning unlearning that you go through through these mentors and you have mentors for various aspects right um i i i think what i gather is you've got mentors for different aspects talk to me about mentorship and sponsorship how do you go about really building that again the era that we grew in right we didn't realize we've had mentors all along the way yeah you know because those words were not very you sound like you make me sound like i'm very old I'm, i might have gray hair <laughs> so when i say the era it's it's because uh, what the kids in today's era is getting is so beautiful you know you just want to be re- reborn right you you want to play with the technology you want to make your life simple but sometimes feel bad sometimes feel good yeah. that you know i played the gully cricket yeah you know i played the different forms of games and you know i was not just stuck to my mobile so we've always had mentors mm. the whole thing with mentorship is you need to understand what you need out of that mentor first. yeah you know so it's just not going up to a person and asking you know can you be my mentor very true but what would you want from that person mm. which aspect of your life that the person can solve it's just not about business it's just not about you know solving it in your business it's about how the person can actually just give you a clarity of thought you mm. know with that whole con- conversation that you have with that person mm. can that person just you know give you a little more clarity mm. and will will that help overall as a person mm. will that help you overall as a you know you know the whole ecosystem that you build for yourself mm. so we've always chosen mentors but you know it's been more uh, subconsciously that you've chosen mm. than today when you actually want to choose them mm. uh, first while it was more easy i think people had more time mm. you know uh, we though it's said that bangalore is not a fast paced city i think bangalore is more fast paced than uh, you know mumbai right. mumbai people are only traveling yeah here people are not traveling but people still don't have time yeah because we are involved in so many different things at a, at any given day mm. and i think the productivity levels in bangalore is much higher because of that mm. so choosing a mentor is the most different difficult aspect of a business yeah. you know it's not you know you're very uh, happy sharing your journey with everyone that's mm. there right mm. and uh, the person needs to give you that comfort mm. the person needs to tell you know okay I'll solve that for you mm. you know not with the right words that I'll solve that for you but you know I'll help you through that journey mm. but mm. yes I've chosen my mentors very well and they've been a big part of who I am today mm. so it's not just about you identify here's the area I want to focus on and thereby let's say saujanya is the right one it's also about the energy you get out of each other as well right or it doesn't matter it does matter so so sometimes you pick and choose on a mentor where the other person you don't need to say that you know you're my mentor yeah you know like uh, when i am with you or i am with uh, you know a couple of my other friends uh, i try and learn from them mm. you know i try and see on a different aspect of business or on different aspect of life yeah uh, like with you and sham the way that your relationship is it's so beautiful for me and i take back i take that back you know it only is outside okay come home and see the <laughs> reality of it. i think he's more in the kitchen <laughs> i don't want that life <laughs> so yeah but so different paths right yeah. you know, sometimes you, the other person realizes that sometimes yeah. the other person doesn't realize it yeah yeah and that's the beauty of relationship yeah yeah 
so real real estate that's why because real estate has the word real in it, it mm. and it is very close to relationships it's, it's about how you build nurture that mm. and that's the core core essence of who you are as a person yeah yeah so uh, now that you talked about real estate and the real aspect another reality of real estate is the corruption and the black and white and how do you deal with that how do you go about really you know uh, who's going to watch this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so uh it is there it's the corruption is there in everything and it's so not I'll there in everything so i'm asking this um i'm a idea brain right so sometime back after working in hp one of the ideas was why can't i just automate the whole I mean, when we did the registration for our property, it's like you have to wait for the touts, you have to wait for your loan applications, you have to wait for pretty much everything. And it's a very stressful process for someone who has a day job. So the idea was we've got document automation, we've got security, we've got cloud solutions. Why can't we just make this completely out there as a platform? But it was not the technology that was missing. It was a bloody system. and the system is so deep rooted i don't know if it's ready for change and to be really digitized so from that perspective i'm trying to see because there's so much of that deep rootedness in the system how do you go through that it will change sachin it will and it is bound to change in next 10 years they will it will evolve completely mm. in some parts of india it's already started doing you know you think so it is it is started so uh, with the whole demonetization you know earlier everyone you know if you went to buy vegetables you know you can't give him a credit card right yeah the paytm thing uh, uti has just changed the whole story itself, so yeah. it, people have started accepting that now yeah. and uh, especially in cities like bangalore and uh, if, even if you're going and you know having a tender coconut yeah, you, it takes it's, it's okay yeah. if you don't have money with you he, he has everything that's there yeah you can just scan your phone and you're you're set yeah so things will change and uh, uh, i'm very positive about that mm. and uh, the whole government is gungo about that mm. so demonetization was a part of it you know a lot of people say it was a failure but for me if if you look at a thing very hard and say that it was a failure it was a failure probably there was something good that came out of mm. it right mm. uh, i saw shekhar sharma vijay shekhar sharma dancing when mm. uh, you know the whole demonetization happened and he like he never imagined when he built his company like you were asking does an entrepreneur know what's going to happen he never thought about it yeah and that's when he realized that everyone is going to use their phones yeah, yeah. so it will change things yeah. will evolve and uh, it's not about corruption it was just about that hand money that was moving around mm. and people being the babus that we call in india mm. uh, the whole education system that needs to change so there are a lot of levels of changes that is required in india it's just not it's just not india we talk about india you you look at other countries yeah. you know the most developed countries that we talk about uh, to it's deep rooted everywhere oh it's yeah. deep rooted everywhere yeah. we we i think we are pretty much better yeah i think india overall you know today uh, if if you speak in your local language and you say you don't have money you know somebody on the road would help you there yeah but if you speak english in most english speaking nations it's going to be very tough yeah yeah so it's at different levels in different countries i, I think we are pretty much sorted and uh, there is there is there are a lot of good people who are doing a lot of good stuff as well what you're also saying in a very polished way is that you need to be grounded in the reality of things when you're doing your company 
when you're setting it up, knowing that this part of it is out of my control, this part of it is within my control, and so thereby, this is what I am going to focus on. I know this eventually will evolve, but be prepared for that and be more optimistic and watch for that. I think entrepreneurship, everyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, he doesn't want to have control. He wants to give the control. <laughs> because he, he neither wants control, he neither wants to be controlled, he neither wants to control. Hmm. So he... He or she. He, when I say he, uh, you, you understand that, right? It's when so the entrepreneur doesn't want to control. Yeah. They want to give away the control. Yeah. And uh, that's that's how it is. It's, yeah. it's it's not about control. It's it's about the fall. Yeah. And when it's like this is your new entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. This is you. You're not going to have a structure to it. You will probably have structure to the conversation. Yeah. But what the other person says or I speaks, you don't have control over yeah, that, right? Yeah. And you don't want that control. Yeah, yeah. Then it looks like a staged model. Yes. Yeah. So entrepreneurship is not about control. So we, whoever gets into entrepreneurship, he like, the person is like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to get into. I don't know what my opposite forces are. So we are ready for anything. Yeah. yeah. And when you're ready for anything and when you're ready to take that fall is when you actually are true to yourself and you're true to the whole system. Yeah. So... That's the most beautiful aspect, right? So I've seen you develop an interest towards AI. Help me understand. I, I sort of have a perspective on it, but I want to hear it from you itself. On How do you envision AI really helping you in this connected story across residential to the warehousing and for the customer journey? How do you how are you seeing and, and and I read a lot about AI really penetrating into the real estate sector, but I want to understand from you how are you envisioning it? How are you seeing it? So technology at the end of the day uh, should be able to you know help people ease their work mm. or help people relax more. Mm. you know it, it, technology is not something that should keep you busy. Mm. Technology is something that should make you free. Mm. That's how I look at technology. Mm. If if there is something in the tech space which can free my time and can give me that much more time with my kid or mm. that much more time with my passion or that much more time with my whole uh, you know journey of my life that I want it to be, that's that's what technology is for me. Mm. Okay, so in real estate, that's what we are going to bring about. That's what our vision is to bring about that any investor or any user of that real estate, mm. uh, how that person can eventually be free of, you know, the whole, you know, asset management of theirs or be free of the rental or their income towards that mm. or be free of any uh, nuances that they have to do on their day-to-day -day lives mm. and how that can be stitched beautifully for them. Mm. Mm. So... It's just not about, you know, the warehousing or the residential aspects. It's about the entire real estate aspect of it. So you're almost like envisioning re real estate as a service or a managed service in that case. Real estate is like, eventually it should be, you know, like a mutual fund income yeah. to you. Yeah. Where you've parked your money and, uh, you know, you just keep getting your returns to it. Yeah. It should be something that should be an enabler to your uh, income. It should not be... Uh, added work to your whole system right true, true. so if that is what you're able to achieve as a firm i think you've done the whole bit of 
you know solving the problem for a customer mm. in a lot of ways i see that to be the game changer to our earlier conversation of the um you know technology penetrating into it as well I, i'll give you an analogy right when you look at earlier days we had to book a cab auto or whatever now you have uber ola but what they also brought in addition to convenience is the federated auditing model like a driver can rate me i can rate a driver and it's become very transparent so is that also some outcome that potentially might come from real estate as a service like i said you know we'll we'll take the fall and we'll see where it goes but eventually the control has to be with people when you leave the control to people and when you leave the control to people of what they want with their lives or what they want with their assets you know then you're doing true to your job mm-hmm. if you want to keep that control and you want to drive it then you know you're not building a system where they would be happy from their you know whole uh experience perspective mm. leave the control to people leave them to decide what it is so that's what uber and ola did right yeah. while you're rating the drivers but the driver should also be able to rate you yeah yeah and you know so the control is you know at both ends it's yeah. just not at one end yeah yeah so it, if the control is at both ends the business thrives. thrives but if you leave it at one end you know it's like the seesaw yeah. what you learn in your early the life balance. you need to have the balance in life Any advice for anybody who's starting new um, as an entrepreneur or thinking of something? So, I've, attitude makeover is all about really focusing on the passion and um, the uh, creator economy, and really sort of guiding them or helping them envision what is the art of the possible. How do you go about building your personality, your brand, and your change management? So, advice for listeners on you know anybody who's thinking around this on. what are some key takeaways from sunny plan well okay. spend time in planning spend time in planning spend time in speaking to people mm. spend time in correcting yourself mm. spend time with your own self but take the fall if you're ready for the larger vision of your whole aspect take it the journey is very very fulfilling it it's it's as good as when you your parents brought you up they didn't know what you know they're going to expect from you as a child don't don't be ready for everything but don't get so attached to your work that you forget yourself you know keep them two separate when you keep those two separate your work will give you more than what you'll give to the work true true hey sunny it's been a lovely conversation my first one i hope you were comfortable this has been a amazing journey for me just hearing you out going through this uh, one and a half hour plus conversation thank you so much Wish you the best, Ajani. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this space, and I'm sure you'll do so well in this. And you're gonna make people realize their journey. There's so many aspects that you asked me, and I didn't realize that these connected, these dots actually connected for me so well. And some parts, that first question of yours actually gave me the goosebumps. And purpose. Y- yes, uh, it it really gave me goosebumps, and it's very beautiful. It's sometimes you sit back and you realize that. Yeah. and this will help a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs or a yeah. lot of people who want change to be made in the world true true and kudos to you thank you, you. thank you so much thank god you god bless thank you thank you